I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. It is a new year, so that means there is a new bout of films competing for the best films of 2016. And we've all done our personal lists, but now it's time for the Academy Awards to roll in. And number one favourite for the best film is La La Land, and that is what we are talking about this week. And joining me is Daniela Verectanidi. Hello there. And Jenna Hobbs. Hi. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Good. Yeah, new year. I'm excited for all the new films. Yeah, new, new year, new you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm doing dry January, so it is a new me. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of dryness, there wasn't a dry eye in the house after this one, was there? <laughs> there definitely wasn't. No. Yeah. Um, I originally saw this with uh, Sam at the London Film Festival, but you guys went to a more recent show. Yes. Yeah, we went to Leicester Square to see it and uh, we were joined by some special guests, which was quite exciting. Uh, director Damien Chazelle was there, as was composer, I'm going to get the name wrong, Jake. Justin Howitz. As was composer Justin Howitz <laughs> and Emma Stone, which was very exciting. I think I jumped on my seat a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they did a, a Q&A to begin with um, and it was so interesting. Great. Uh, we will get stuck into that later. Um, but as always, we've got a little question to get us going. And this week I thought we'd, uh, well, pick a new musical. So La La Land uh, was written, as as Chazelle said, as you said to me, mm-hmm. as a love letter to Los Angeles. And so I was wondering what other cities you'd like to see get a musical and who would you like to see score the music for that musical? Danny? I would like to see a musical in Tokyo. I think it's quite an interesting city and and I would say for artists probably Lady Gaga just oh, because yeah. she's a bit crazy and I think she could make something good and big out of it could she also be director of fashion for the yeah, film yeah I'd say so <laughs> I want everyone in a meet yeah, dress this is the kind of thing that I would read as a news story and think yeah yeah, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Like Lady Gaga to write, direct, and production design <laughs> musical set in Japan. But I would love to see it move 
through sort of centuries as well. Mm. Get some geisha stuff in there <laughs> until like right now. So like the this, whole generation of a family. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, and mm. the, this isn't just like a lost in translation thing. We've got so much more. Yeah. And all the music across that time. Oh, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. yeah. Jen? Well, I thought for a while, my initial jump was to Paris. And then I was like, oh, Paris has got loads of films about it. Then I thought Rome. No, that's the same. So I'm going for Barcelona because I don't think I've seen a lot of Spain in like musical genre style things. So yeah, I'm going for Barcelona and I'm going for Sir Paul McCartney to write the music for it. Right. Because I think the Beatles had some of the greatest love songs of all time and I think, you know, what's better than a love story in a musical? Yeah, but Paul didn't write any of the any of the really good love songs, did he? Oh, that's mean, Jake. Mm. Honestly. Well, Paul, this is his redemption. Yeah. This is a vendetta. <laughs> yeah. In like 50 years' time, everyone's going to go, God, remember those great love songs Paul McCartney wrote for that Barcelona musical? Yeah. And everyone's going to have forgotten John Lennon. Yeah. And everyone's like, Sergeant Peppers, what's that? What, what was that? <laughs> what even is that? Like, yeah. Um, okay. What about you? Well, I thought, you know, there's never been a musical about New York, has it? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I've, I've broken my own rules here, guys. Um, just because. Because I don't know if there is a capital city. Uh, I've gone for Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, sure. Um, Is it CGI? Or Antarctica? No, no. (laughs) No, I mean, like, are you going to have penguins and polar bears? Oh, mate, we're going to shoot it live. We're going to shoot it on set. On set. And uh, Radiohead are going to be there. Uh, Great. So, yeah, Radiohead musical set in Antarctica. (laughs) uh, That's what I'm going for. Uh, In terms of bleakness, Mm -hmm. I mean, Radiohead pretty much like <laughs> your, your faves there I don't want any I want the slower songs I want like pyramid song style stuff okay um, life in a glass house just really somber sad tunes wow yeah for like, and I want it to be about four hours long oh my god uh, but I think the landscape would really lend itself to that um, <laughs> and like really like a slow cinema musical so Kind of Bellatari as well, just walking along snow, and it's just Tom Singing. York for like an unbroken. Is he starring in it? As yeah. Well? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like an unbroken six-minute-long take of him. How's that sound? Exciting. I think you'll get a lot of like iHeart Radiohead fans watching it, but not a lot of others. No. <laughs> no. It does it. I mean, in terms of comparisons to La La Land. Yeah. It's, there's not many. <laughs> <laughs> both, both contain music. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, so I think we've we've uh, summed up the Oscar race for next year there, though, haven't we? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we all look forward to Lady Gaga's Tokyo Odyssey <laughs> um, and Paul McCartney's Love Letter to Barcelona. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. um, right, so there we are. We will get, uh, uh, now that we've written our own musicals, to, uh, well, they're obviously going to be much better than La La Land, and we can finally get on to La La Land itself. Um, and let's start where the film starts, the the opening number. Um, this was a pretty uh, pretty amazing experience, actually, in the cinema for me. Um, and you've, you've got this uh, really lovely old-style uh, Summit Entertainment logo, um, and it, it looks like something from the 30s, doesn't it? And then the screen opens up, and it turns into colour, and we are in this amazingly saturated LA and we are on the most boring looking thing, a traffic jam. <laughs> traffic jam on a highway. And where do we go from there? 
Well, I've not been to LA, but I've heard that the traffic jams are like the worst thing about it. And it's it's just a, it's just such a pop of energy and excitement in that situation. And they were saying just before how they wanted this to just like throw everyone into the deep end of the world of this musical. And it really does that. You dive straight in. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. And it was so interesting. The screen was gigantic and we were like second row and you were trying to notice all the movements and everyone's just dancing and as soon as everyone comes out of the cars everyone's just wearing those very colorful um, dresses and shirts and everything and just everything's just happening simultaneously and it was just really really fun yeah you've got this um, just stacked traffic jam over a bridge uh, that when they were filming they had they shut this bridge down for two days to be able to shoot this sequence and all, you've got this kind of hovering camera just working its way in between different cars and different radio stations that people are listening to. Mm. And you can't, you have a sense of what's going to happen, but n- you don't quite know. And then one of them starts singing along to their radio and gradually a few more join in. And it is so beautifully colour coordinated <laughs> it's, it's like it's such a like that's an easy thing to pick out from it but it's just so satisfying yeah. it? this, this, this whole rainbow of people and colours and cars and just all joining together in this traffic jam and I think we've all been in a traffic jam where someone has just got out of their car and it's just been like just going to have a chat yeah definitely like, traffic jams are the place for making friends for sure Jenna does that all the time <laughs> all the time, all the time you're getting out of your car. All the time. Yeah. That's where you met us, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just on the road. Yeah. It wasn't even that bad a traffic jam. We, we were still moving. I she just, just stopped. Walked, just walked out of the moving car. <laughs> yeah. um, and so th- this is this track is uh, it's called Another Day in Another Day in Sun, isn't mm-hmm. it? And um, and it's just really joyous, and it just it gets you straight into the mood for the film, and. It's, I don't think it's telling you to take everything too seriously either. Yeah, I think it sets you up really well for that with how much fun it's going to be the whole way through and how fast-paced it's going to be. And yeah, that nothing is going to be too serious, although maybe maybe it does get a bit serious. Yeah. And uh, what you, you say about the energy there, I think a film with where so much effort has gone into the production design or something like that, uh, a lot of directors would want to kind of stay on that and so make the audience realise just how much effort has gone in here um, but he just, the camera just whips around and it doesn't give you time to take it all like in, take in every individual movement and moment and colour and outfit and it just gives it to you all in one go mm. and it's almost overpowering how mm. much how much of a like, kind of sensory experience it is but um, it's just so much energy and get, you get swept up in it that at, at the end of uh, the song the screening I was in I don't know about you guys but people started clapping oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was uh, amazing yeah. <laughs> and uh, that um, brings me on to the thing I wanted to talk about the feeling in the cinema whilst watching this was it wasn't like anything else I've had before really I came out of the screen expecting people to start dancing and singing yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so disappointing yeah <laughs> yeah um, like that clapping after that first song and I, I, I joined in with that as well yeah. like, it just felt like a natural thing to do yeah it, it almost felt like you were like watching a stage production like oh we should definitely clap now yeah. and then you kind of go oh this is still a film yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to give so much credit to them for that yeah. to, to take you out of a film so much yeah right? or take you into it sorry really um, to get you so in that world that you feel like you're watching 
live people in front of you. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and just the joke of saying, like, doing this song called Another Day in Sun yeah. and then just coming up with the title card of Winter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that got a big laugh. And then when actual La La Land came up and when the title card La La Land came up, you just felt everyone just kind of sit back in their seats. Yeah. And you think, oh, wow. It's one of those times when you're like, this is why I like to be watching a film with a big group of people in a cinema, because the energy, it's just not the same as if you're watching it at home. Yeah, at the time of recording, I haven't had the chance to watch Silence yet, Um, but I really want to go to that with as few people as possible, because I want it, I feel like that. You want silence. Yeah, I want silence (laughs) for that, Um, and I want that to kind of just like wash over me and sink into it and because like and endure it um <laughs> and i feel like potentially like other people may not be of the same opinion once in that um but la la land yeah sold out show uh just feels great doesn't it it's the kind of film i want to see like in like six weeks time when everyone's seen it a few times and go and sing along yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh there will be sing-along shows to this it's gonna there? be amazing yeah i'll, I'll go to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, right, so let's let's uh, go from there. We've got this opening number. Uh, we get the title card. We come back, and that's where really there's no link from the opening number to the rest of the film at all. Uh, it just puts us in this traffic jam that we are then it's then revealed to us that the main characters, Mia and Sebastian, mm-hmm. played by Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, are in this traffic jam. Yeah. And that's kind of where our story starts, isn't it? With Emma Stone first. Yeah, that's their little meet cute, isn't it? And also they do such a good job in that scene of seeing them in their individual cars, how different they are, getting an encapsulation of their personality. And, you know, you've got Sebastian's bit of a grump and Emma Stone's character, who Mia, who is just like, you know, really positive and really trying so hard to get going with her life. And yeah, I, I just really love that little setup for them. And then when you see them again later on, you feel like you already know them and their quirks. Yeah. Um, and I think from the very beginning, from that scene, we kind of already know where, what the story's going to be. You always do with a musical, yeah. don't yeah. you? <laughs> and I think as soon as we see them not liking each other, it's like <laughs> it's just a little... It's just like, oh, I don't think that's going to be the case the whole time, is the it? classic meet cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then I really like this... The first, say, half hour, they're not, they're not together, but we get to see both of their timelines separately, mm-hmm. beginning at this traffic jam. And so we see Emma Stone of the of the two of them is the first one to get a musical number from herself, uh, and that's uh, for a party party scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone in the crowd, mm-hmm. uh, which is a banger. It is, <laughs> it is, it is yeah. um, top banger. It's so good, um, and that's that's kind of the one that is. It's not the uh, it's not the Oscary one, is it? That's that's Gosling's City of Stars. Mm. I, I feel anyway. Uh, or a, l- a later track called Audition, but this is this is the one that's going to get people out of their seats. This is the one for the sing along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the karaoke. This is the one you want dance moves to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it does have dance moves. Yeah, yeah. This is out of all the tracks. This feels along with the the, the traffic jam. This is the most perhaps choreographed. Mm-hmm. And in this, in the great musical history of time expansion, like. Like, this song allows us to really travel in time, doesn't it? Uh, We go from Emma Stone at her house, Mm -hmm. not wanting to go to this party, and this song takes us from not wanting to go to getting convinced, to getting ready, to going there, to getting to the party, to the actual 
like middle of the party itself mm-hmm. uh, and that's all in the space of what four minutes and I think that's something that musicals can get away with a lot yeah this, uh, this does it really well it bends time really well throughout the whole film actually because it covers a huge range of time yeah. and yeah using the songs it, it travels you around in a really fun way where you don't feel like you've lost anything Yeah. I sometimes feel like that if things jump forward in time like no 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 I haven't <laughs> seen everything I needed yeah, to yeah. see but I think uh, it gives you like a little snapshot of everything and you feel like yeah yeah um, and again this I think the the use of colour throughout the film is so, it's so vibrant mm-hmm. isn't it uh, and when it doesn't need to be it's not yeah. uh, but this uh, for a party when when you really want to show someone how great a party is you show the energy you show mm-hmm. the colour um, and this is perfect for that and there is a particular moment in this scene where everything freezes doesn't it and we, the camera the music slows it goes quiet and we just kind of work our way through all these different characters and interactions and you can feel the music gradually mm-hmm. building what's it going to do and then it all crashes back in and you get this wonderful finale at the end of the song and at the end of the scene and there is a particular transition at that very moment uh, which I still I'm still not quite sure how it was done yeah it, that was amazing just so impressive and I, I cannot wait to watch this again. I've been because it was a festival show. I've been having to sit on this for three months. Like <laughs> uh, you guys have had the brunt of this of me going, "Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's this bit, and there's this other bit, and there's this song, and there's that song, and there's a traffic jam." <laughs> yeah. Oh. The thing is, you'd hype this to me so much that I was like, "I'm not going to like it because Jake yeah. likes it too yeah. much." <laughs> and so for the first like thirty seconds, I was like, "Man, I don't know what the fuss is about." And then I was like, oh, "I love this film." <laughs> Yeah, I was worried as well because yeah. everyone has been hyping it and I was like oh maybe it's not going to be that good but <laughs> not yeah. disappoint yeah um, and I think this brings us into something we were talking about on the way here about whether or not a uh, a soundtrack is a spoiler and so famously uh, with the release of episode Star Wars Episode 1 uh, Phantom Menace one of the um tracks on the soundtrack spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen it was uh, Qui-Gon's funeral oh. and so I was like well <laughs> that's not great for anyone that's seen the soundtrack before watching the film um, but whether or not listening to it is bad so I, when the soundtrack came out this was about a month before the film actually comes out I was not I was only allowed to listen to it by myself <laughs> you've uh, been banned yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Sam who also does the podcast whenever he heard me listening to it was like nope no, not allowed. No, because the the opening of the whole soundtrack is just so recognisable, and uh, even before he hadn't seen the film or anything, but it was just I just played like the opening bars. Like, oh, no, 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 That's that got a La La Land yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, uh, but you, you were recently playing Moana, um, yeah. and I didn't. I couldn't have told you that was Moana, whereas like, La La Land is very distinctively its own thing. Yeah, I think it's because obviously Moana is a Disney film and usually the soundtrack to it is quite like similar and I don't think if you listen to it out of context if you do, I mean, listen out of context you won't like lose anything from the film if you watch it later whereas, I don't know, I felt like with La La Land it's part of it and it's the magic of it that it draws you all in and you kind of want to be thrown at it all at once rather than listen to it before. Yeah. It, that, it doesn't necessarily spoil it for you. It just, 
you just want the whole thing. Yeah. Well, bam. On the topic of Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, I was having this uh, argument about Hamilton and the Hamilton soundtrack, mm. which is on Spotify, and uh, loads of people have told me to listen to that, and I said, like, why would I do that? I haven't seen I haven't seen the musical. I don't know the characters or their motivations for these songs or what context these songs take place. So I'm I'm never going to listen to that. And then someone said to me, like, yeah, but the tickets are like hundreds of pounds, and it's not it's only in America. It's not going to be in the UK until October next year. Like, isn't this a way to enjoy the music without mm. having to wait or pay for it? But I still couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I haven't listened to the Hamilton soundtrack, which weirds me out when there's like a lot of people in the UK who are like, oh, I love Hamilton. You're like, you've not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a huge hype around that. Quite a similar hype, I think, to the hype around La La Land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very comparable. Mm. Um, like Lin-Manuel is on a phenomenal run at the moment. The man has so much energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he fits in. Lin. But yeah, the Moana one is very, like he has a very particular. It's very ballady, isn't yeah. it? Um, and it's like kind of recognisably him, and it's very suitable to Disney. And he'll be doing the Little Mermaid, and that very much makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas La La Land, I would almost describe it like the film and the music. It's like a present, isn't it? And you kind of you want the surprise, and you want to be open. Or you want to open it all at once, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because uh, this is another film where spoken to a lot of people that haven't even watched the trailer because they like because the, the hype around it has been so much and they'd rather not know they'd rather know as little as possible mm-hmm. going into yeah, it yeah I only watched the teaser the, the first one that came out right um, and I think that was the perfect like little snippet to give out but I don't think you need more than that yeah because it was just with City of Lights mm. and then the little montage and you you do get a perfect sense of the film yeah, in there because exactly. you just get I mean, they've got the joy of being able to pluck any scene from this film that all look completely stunning. Um, so I imagine cutting the trailer for this must have been a complete joy. Um, so, but let's, uh, so let's, you mentioned. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In their City of Stars, that's kind of the first time we get... Gosling gets his first song by yeah. himself, isn't it? And I think this was a... This was a big moment, I think, for kind of waiting to see whether he could pull it off yeah I'd never thought of Gosling as a singer before but I think he was pretty good um, Emma Stone said at the screening we were at that you know neither of them were like trained singers or dancers in any way and they put a lot of work into it and she was sort of saying that part of the joy of it is that they're not perfect singers that but they're they're 
bringing that kind of I don't know the right word to describe that but um, they're not perfect singers but they're bringing like an energy and a realness and a rawness to it where it's not polished and preened to perfection yeah I like that and I think we'll discuss it at some point that I like the fact that they're not great singers but they manage to pull it off and it feels a bit it just brings you a bit more into it a bit more personal like something you could go and do or something yeah yeah yeah, exactly like they're very good singers but I don't see either of them releasing an album anytime soon yeah Yeah. Um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the feel of two people that know they're really good yeah it doesn't have that that, that really irritating (laughs) kind of feel to it Uh, which I think anyone that wants to show off would throw in I can hit so many notes (laughs) watch me yeah Um, whereas City of Stars uh, Gosling's first solo track is so simple isn't it so casual and there's whistling in there and he we from the films that we've seen him in obviously we don't know him personally yet um, <laughs> but he seems like a very cool guy doesn't he yeah. Ryan Gosling yeah and so this track was it's very laid back and the singing in it feels so effortless doesn't it and it's almost like he's not singing at all it's yeah, yeah. Um, and well, it's just it's very it's very nice to have someone that doesn't have that overconfidence yeah i know what you mean and i think like had i been told about the premise for la la land and that there were you know the character of sebastian i wouldn't have necessarily gone oh ryan gosling for for that role Mm. but he's amazing in it and he does bring like you said that effortless laid back cool kind of vibe that you wouldn't expect in a musical does Mm. that make sense yeah you usually think Everyone's going to be quite shouty, shouty and, and, and like snazzy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so let's let's talk about Sebastian and uh, and Mia. Then uh, the actual characters at the centre of this thing. So we've got Mia is a well, she's an out of work actress uh, <laughs> trying to find a place in LA, and Sebastian is is what. Uh, are going to be shortly out of work pianists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're both a bit down on their luck and they're taking it in different ways. You know, Mia's just got this hugely positive attitude about where she's going um, and Sebastian's the opposite. And then you can kind of see the chalk and cheese and why they need each other. <laughs> but you wonder whether Sebastian is representative of Mia in a, in a few years. Mm. Like Sebastian has effect, has been broken. Yeah, by, by LA, by the industry, by how tough it is. Yeah, I quite like the f- that it was discussing about their careers and everything. And I think because both, like all three of us are kind of in the art industry, kind of we could relate to that a bit. But also it was kind of like, it showed like the li- those little awkward moments of like going to auditions and like just being ridiculed a bit mm-hmm. and just put down and just trying over and over. And what do you do next? Like mm. when that has been happening over and over again, what do you do next? Emma was saying that... Um, Emma, your first name. Your, your, yeah. your, your pal, Emma. My friend, Emma Stone. Hi, Emma. Um, <laughs> she was saying that um, they uh, spoke to her and Ryan, my friend Ryan, uh, a lot about the kind of auditions they've been through when they were kind of trying to make it. And that one of Ryan Gosling's actual stories ends up in the audition sections, but she wouldn't say which one. So. Oh, I heard it was like answering the phone. Oh, was it? Yeah, mid audition. Oh, wow. that would be 
horrible. Yeah, yeah wouldn't it? there's some brutal scenes in the audition yeah. section. Yeah. Um, but there is also one of the best scenes the of the song oh, audition. Yes. yes. Um, which those that have, that have only seen the teaser trailer will have heard a few bars from the track audition. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really lovely track, actually. Yeah, lovely. Um, and that's with Emma Stone doing a little audition, uh, which turns into a very big audition. Uh, and that's her big number as mm. well. You know, Ryan gets City of Stars and this one's hers. Yeah, I think this is a bigger number than City mm. of Stars. City of Stars is, like, he's very cool. It's it's almost got, like, a greasery vibe to it. As he's just kind of strolling around, whereas this, she's got some pipes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she goes for it. That's, like, the big solo of the film. Yeah. I, w- I don't think Gosling really has... He doesn't have a big solo. Mm. I'm glad there's not more big solos, though. Oh. I think one is enough for this film because it's so much about the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I was reading was the music, the musicalness of the film does drop off in the middle of it in that you get... So, it's very front-loaded with uh-huh. songs and then when it actually gets into the the details and rhythm of their relationship, it does kind of drop out when... I think I, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but when let's say their relationship is not at its most yeah. fruitful, mm-hmm. naturally the musicalness kind of drops out mm-hmm. because there is less to sing about, and then you you pick up again at the end. Um, did you guys notice that? Yeah, I think this is one of the reasons why I like it so much, though, because I sometimes feel when I watch a musical that they shoehorn songs in all the time like oh you just have a conversation why are you singing at each other again and it kind of gets this is why Les Mis is your favourite film isn't it (laughs) (laughs) it's not up there Um, singing at each other again it's like oh just talk about it for god's sake Um, and yeah I like the fact that they drop the music when they don't need it and they don't go oh it's a musical so we better put another song in it now yeah Yeah, I think they're natural to the story they're telling yeah Um, I was reading a Reddit AMA with Justin Hurwitz the composer for the film and there are shot and recorded songs that are not in the film. Okay. Oh my goodness. And they, but they haven't, they haven't been cut together, but they were filmed. And like, that's like a that's like a treasure chest, isn't it? <laughs> like you can't you can't go telling people that. You can't tell people that. <laughs> that people are gonna go mad for that. Yeah. And I'd, I I would have no idea where to put them. Um, I I can't possibly think where they would be in this film. And. How, as an like, if you're the editor of this film, oh. to then look at the effort that's gone into shooting and recording this song and be like, yeah, gonna gonna have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's out there, people. The truth is out there. Um, we've got to try and find that one. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, got, it's very much a traditional uh, romantic comedy mm-hmm. uh, structure-wise for those two, for Mia and Sebastian, and we follow their journey and we follow the music as it shifts and changes and bends towards their goals as individuals and as a couple, um, and the contradictions and rules that they have to break in their own kind of beliefs as well, um, and I think that's something we can all we can all understand. Uh, we've all seen enough things set in LA to see just how much pressure everyone is under mm-hmm. at all times to be performing, whether that is at an actual audition or as the second song on the film says, to just be someone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone in the crowd could be the one that you need to know. But yeah, that's that's La La Land. Um, we've, we've all absolutely loved it and we're going to go into a little spoiler section now mm-hmm. uh, for the for the third act revelations and the last last moments of the film um but if you if you want to stick around please do uh if not go and watch the film and then come back 
Uh, so you've got a spoiler warning now. And we are back in the room. Right. I feel like I've been holding on to all these secrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's and so nice to talk, talk. About, about it with yeah. other people. Because I can't imagine you, Jake, coming out of the film and not being able to talk with everyone about yeah. it. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, the the funny thing was that uh, that was a double bill that I had that day. It was La La Land followed by Manchester by the Sea. Oh, very different films. Oh, yes. Uh, so, uh, um, emotional wise (laughs) that that was very odd I feel like the natural order should have been the other way around Mm. like start the day Manchester by the Sea get myself into like the saddest that I've been in a long time watching a film and then La La Land what a remedy it's perfect (laughs) Um, but then I was I'm worried that I I will watch Manchester by the Sea again but I may be unprepared because La La Land sent me into it in such a high that really Manchester by the Sea levelled me out Mm. Uh, but now I'll go into Manchester by the Sea on a cold, wet January day, um, and that's the only film that I'm watching. I'll come out like singing, "What? What was I doing <laughs> last time? I don't remember it being that sad." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a funny experience for me. Um, but you could, yeah, you guys had each other, so you could at the end of it just turn to each other and just. We were like singing back on yeah. the tube. We were having a great time. Talking about Ryan. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, the big kind of I don't know the, the plot point at the end of the film is that ultimately these two people do not end up together. Yeah. Jake, it broke me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Do you think it was the right decision? Oh God, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Like I, I was a bit sad about it, but I didn't mind it as much. Like. I was sad and heartbroken that they didn't end up together. But I, like after one taking a step back, I was like, "Yeah, well, life is life, you know. Sometimes it just doesn't work out." I think that's a good message. Yeah, that you mm. can't just believe in the fairy tale all yeah, the time, yeah. and that you know life will still work out in a way that's good and positive, yeah. even if it's not the way you hoped and thought it might be. Yeah, yeah. and um, ultimately they they helped each other get to the point that they wanted to be at. Yeah, I mean they both fulfilled their dreams. Yeah. And I think if you're trying so hard and living in LA to be an actor or a musician or something like that, you know, you you make these huge sacrifices because actually your dreams are so important to you, more important than anything else. Yeah. So in a way, them having fulfilled that in comparison to fulfilling their romantic possibilities together is maybe more important. Yeah. Um, and I, for one, am glad that they don't end up together because you get the epilogue this yeah. kind of 10 oh, minute sequence that was amazing this this is a phenomenal piece of filmmaking really isn't <gasps> yeah, it yes. um so there this well you're listening to this section of the show so i'm sure you've seen it um the the what might have been sequence yeah oh absolutely that, just saying that just makes me oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is great so i it? think so in reality emma meets someone else she's a very famous movie star she has a child with them and Ryan Gosling's character has got his own um, jazz bar that he's always wanted. They turn up, see each other for the first time in five years, and then uh, Sebastian reimagines how these last five years could have gone. Yeah, and he starts playing the piano with a Sebastian Mia theme 
which was beautiful, yeah. and then just goes bam. Yeah, yeah, and then all the music comes yeah. in, doesn't yeah. it? This, this amazing, like this piece of music is incredible. Yeah. Like you, I wish that there. I know there's there's awards for best musical score as a whole, but I wish there was just one individual <laughs> track because this would surely be it. Because yeah. it takes every single theme and song from the whole film Ooh. and condenses it down into this one phenomenal track and it really takes you on this journey mm -hmm. and it feels like it's a little film in itself isn't yeah. it yeah oh yeah and it, there's not really much dialogue or if any it's all told through like eye contact and looks and gestures and it's heartbreaking mm. and at the very end of that whole sequence when they're back in the jazz bar and um sebastian and, and mia are sitting together and I just wanted one more look from Sebastian. Yeah. I've said this to you before, of like recognition, of feeling like, yes, he had the woman of his dreams and the life he wanted, but he didn't have the jazz club and just feel a bit jealous. And I didn't see that, but maybe I'm looking for that in the next time round. Yeah. I'll see it. Um, okay. And I think there's little nods in here that kind of pay off from bits from earlier as well. Like uh, there's a bit when she's giving him a tour of the Warner Brothers set and they walk through a really beautifully lit sunset uh, set that's mm -hmm. going to be used in whatever film is supposedly being made in there and they just kind of walk past it and it was so it was so lovely to look at I was like oh that's a shame that they that Chazelle <laughs> and his team would make this really beautiful looking sunset scene and they would just walk past it um but then that pays off in this epilogue that yeah. they walk into that set and they, there is a number in that set. Yeah. Um, and the planetarium comes oh, back yeah. in as well. Um, and it's almost like, it's like a greatest hits, isn't it? <laughs> this this yeah. epilogue. Um, yeah, they're just such a such a beautiful moment. Uh, it's it's bookended by mm -hmm. just stunning, stunning bits of, uh, well, music and film. Mm -hmm. uh, the perfect combination of the two. Yeah. Really, really love that bit. I love this film so much yeah. to the point where I think it could be in my top five films of all time. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And, and I love, I just, I really like the end scene as well after they come out of the what if and she's about to leave and they had that look, that little moment of like, oh yeah, we didn't end up together, but mm. it's fine. And it was just so sweet and nice and it was such a perfect little, mm. I don't know, I really like yeah um speaking of what might have been uh how would you guys have dealt with this film with miles teller and emma watson in no. the lead roles that was, was the that, original? that was the original casting really yeah oh wow i can't even imagine that yeah no so interestingly ryan gosling was uh meant to be the beast in beauty and the beast and Emma Watson was going to be Emma Stone's character here. Um, but obviously, Ryan Gosling is not the Beast. No. Uh, in Beauty and the Beast, and Emma Watson is Belle. And she is not Mia. Um, and Miles Teller, who we know from Whiplash, mm. Damien Chazelle's previous film, was scheduled to be on here. Uh, but creative differences ensued. ensued. And I just couldn't see it. I can't, I can't picture it. No. I suppose Miles Teller's got that kind of cool vibe. I think. Yeah, I mean, not as much as Ryan Gosling, but it's there. But he's quite a lot younger than Ryan That's Gosling as well. That's what I was thinking. I feel like both Emma Watson and Miles Teller are quite young. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of like that Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are not that young. Yeah, because you really believe that they're getting a bit exasperated yeah. with life at that kind of late 20s, early 30s, and they're still trying. Yeah. Whereas with Emma Watson and Miles Teller, you'd be like, oh, come on. You're yeah. fine. You're yeah. young. <laughs> <laughs> you can part with it for a bit longer. Yeah, I think... 
both of these two are more accomplished actors mm. as well. And I think you, we talked about that these these roles have to be quite casually played yeah. um, because, as we said, they're not the best singers, they're not the best dancers, but they, they need you also need to believe them at the same yeah. time. Mm. Um, and Miles Teller, I imagine, would have a bit more bravado about him. Mm. Um, I recently watched him in Bleed for This, where he's a boxer and he's very overly confident. And maybe it's just because that's the most recent film that I saw him in that that's kind of affecting my opinion here. Um, but the thing what we said about Gosling being very understated and very cool and mm. collected, um, and that's it, just seemed very appropriate that he was in the role. Yeah. yeah, and I think Emma Watson needs just a little bit more time out of Harry Potter franchise because it, it's I know it's been quite a while still, <laughs> but she's done like Perks of Being a Wallflower and other films that still feel quite teeny. Yeah, and I think she needs to do a bit more. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, I think we need another... like a serious actor. I'd just like to see her do another serious, more serious role before she goes into a big Oscar film like La La Land. Yeah, yeah, um, understandable. Um, and yeah, Beauty and the Beast has that because really, as a to be a movie star, you need to be you need to cr- cross franchise. Mm. Yeah. You need to be able to. Um, like Orlando Bloom at a time was doing Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings. He said, that's a that's a movie star. Yeah, hasn't had the same luck since. But that's that's the sign of someone that's really made it for mm-hmm. a time, a brief time period at least. Um, and going on to what's next, we've got uh, Damien Chazelle teaming up again with Ryan Gosling for a Neil Armstrong biopic. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, but yeah, very excited. Yeah. I didn't know about it until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, for me, this is so exciting. Yeah. I love space stuff. Me uh, too. Yeah, anything, anything to do with space, I'm already hooked. Um, but these two together again as well. Uh, this has got Oscars written all over it again, yeah. hasn't it? Like, uh, get Neil Armstrong on the moon is probably, for me, like the greatest thing that America has ever done. Yeah. Uh, and so we all know how the Oscars love like giving yeah. themselves a pat on the back <laughs> yeah. uh, so like yeah this has surely got it's just it's gonna win everything hasn't it yeah for and, sure um, and not and just and a biopic of an American hero it's gonna be great and I can see Ryan Gosling as Neil yeah. I'm interested to see because um, Damien Chazelle was saying in our Q&A that uh, both Whiplash and La La Land were very personal films to him and I wonder if he feels the same way about Neil, Neil Armstrong's Armstrong. story I don't um, know yeah that's a funny one I thought maybe he's got his he, he loves jazz and I thought maybe he's messed up his Armstrongs and he met Louis Armstrong <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's going to break it to him <laughs> yeah um, or he actually meant Lance Armstrong <laughs> or maybe it's a mashup of the three um, yeah so that's what we've got next uh, for Chazelle uh, which very exciting so all in all I think we agree we like Damien Chazelle yes he's yes. doing well yes, yes. <laughs> well done Damien <laughs> um, right, so yeah, La La Land, do check it out. Uh, it is superb. Um, and um, also, if you if you fancy a musical this week but you can't make it to the cinema, uh, log on to Curzon Home Cinema, uh, where you can check out my favourite film released in UK cinemas over 2016, uh, which is John Carney Sing Street, which oh. is now on Curzon Home Cinema. Uh, it's got a wicked soundtrack as well, and according to Jenna, it's all about my own life. <laughs> uh, and that's the, that's the only reason I've picked it. Um, but do check out Sing Street uh, if you want another dose of musical in your life and we must give our thanks as usual to uh, CSR for letting us use their wonderful studio 
Uh, and until next week, which I believe will be Manchester by the Sea, uh, we say farewell. So it is goodbye from Danny. Bye. Goodbye from Jenna. Bye. And goodbye from me. I'm off to hopefully get stuck in a traffic jam. <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.